Welcome to the Hand in Hand Parent Club podcast. I'm Emily Murray, a Hand in Hand instructor and a mom of two. I'm Kathy Gordon, a single adoptive mom of a now young adult son, a Hand in Hand instructor. And we're both moderators of Hand in Hand's awesome membership program, The Parent Club. Every week we'll be answering a parenting question. You'll hear about Hand in Hand Parenting's powerful, respectful parenting tools. We'll share how they help you work with your child's feelings, especially when their behavior gets harder confusing. You can feel good about using these tools. They've brought warmth and connection to our own families and to many thousands of families around the world who are using the hand-in-hand approach. That's why Hand in Hand and the Parent Club exist. We're here to support you and your family so you have more good, sweet, fun times together. Welcome all you wonderful parents. Our question this episode is, do hand-in-hand tools work for tweens and teens? The short answer is an emphatic yes. And today we're going to focus on one of our listeners' questions who specifically asked, how does stay listening change as children get older? So the reality is that these tools that we talk about are actually human tools. And they're very useful in connecting with any person of any age. But we may need to adapt a bit as our children grow and as their way of showing that they have feelings bubbling under the surface may change. So today we'll share some signals that we often see from tweens and teens and how we can adapt the tools a bit to meet them where they are developmentally. So let's start with the signals that tell us that teens and tweens are working on something. Yeah. In some ways, the tantrums of the toddler years were so wonderful. A toddler thought we'd miss them. (laughs) Yes. I know. They they feel their feelings and they just blast it right out when the opportunity, you know, they've gotten the wrong color cup and they throw themselves down on the ground and sob. As children get older, these signals, they get a little more vague and the opportunities for really good stay listening can be harder to come by. Many instructors with teen and tween children remark that what they do, what they found that works is that they drop everything and listen when they notice that their teen is working on something. Otherwise, the teen just puts back on the lid. They just put that lid right back on. It can happen so fast. Um, I think one of the hardest adaptations for me has been knowing when to listen and when to offer comment or advice or even reassurance. And I'm learning more and more that I'm mostly just needed as a listener. And that can be so hard, so hard. Um, Our our colleague instructors have shared the same um, experience. Inside they're screaming, of course your teacher, blah, blah, blah. Um, Or have you considered using a calendar alert from your phone if they're struggling with time management? And it's, it's disastrous when we offer advice when they need listening. Yeah, my son often says, can't we just have a regular conversation? Because, you know, I'm a coach for a living. So (laughs) the first thing that comes out of my mouth is often coaching. So, and this is made trickier by not only, you know, our own desire to uh, guide them, but how these conversations and stay listening sessions come about. Teen tantrums, like adult tantrums, they're often quite verbal. It begins with a complaint of some kind or even a question. And 
we're going to encourage you not to fall into the trap by answering. It, it helped me a lot to think of stay listening at this age as almost one-way listening partnerships or one-way listening time. Yeah, that was pretty critical for me to, it helps me a lot too, to, you know, stop, stop my immediate problem solving. But I mean, of course, there are times when they need and want answers and guidance, and there's a time and a place for those discussions, but not when the feelings are hot. Because somewhat logical words are coming out of their mouth, it might look like they're in that thinking part of their brain where they're reasoning, they're rational, they are able to problem solve. But we have actually found there are some telltale signs that show us that they're actually in their emotional system. So things like picking a fight over something tiny, and often it's something tiny that that they know will get under your skin quickly, um, mm -hmm. becoming really defiant, um, you know, out, outside of their normal defiance, um, blaming you for something that you're like, actually, I'm pretty sure this is on your plate here. Um, or they're super quick to anger over seemingly small things or insignificant things. And all of a sudden they kind of blow up about it. Um, what, what do you see, Kathy? Well, I often see you refusing to do something that they're usually able to do without issue mm. uh, or being unusually or excessively picky or prickly or reactive. It'll often start with um, or, or somewhere in the conversation, especially if I'm starting to give advice, it, you know, that blaming can often turn into you're the worst mom ever, you know, um, I, I, I hate you. I don't want to live with you anyway. Um, berating me for being a bad parent or making a bad decision. And this is uh, uh, often insisting that being able to do something is a matter of life or death. And when I get, you know, how I can tell that I've kind of gone, instead of listening, I've gone down the path of, of thinking that they could think is when my son will just yell at me, you don't get it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, there's something else going on here. It is not about this particular pair of shoes or, you know, it's it, it, or something about school. There's something bigger happening here. I think we've all felt that we've all been in what started out as maybe even we thought it was a conversation. And then all of a sudden we're feeling underneath, you don't get it. I've felt that too. Yeah. Um, and the thing is that the feelings underneath whatever is coming out of our mouth are real and valid feelings are feelings. They're there. Like they're not logical. They're not rational just by nature. Um, and things really do feel high stakes when we're in that space. So they feel powerless, they feel overwhelmed, not taken seriously, scared about school or peer relationships, and on and on and on. The list is long for what stresses yeah. tweens and teens out. So much pressure, so much pressure on our teens and tweens now. And in the same way that we listen to the feelings that are under a toddler tantrum about that wrong cup, we can listen to our teen rant and rant about how unfair a school policy is, even if we don't really agree. This is, this is the catcher. You don't have to agree with what they're ranting about in order to listen well. So the school policy thing is the excuse they're using to dump out all of their feelings about how they don't feel seen or heard. 
And it's important to know that we may not see tears and we might just get these hot words as the stay listening. This is what we're stay listening to. So when we when we zip our lips and bite our tongue and sit on our hands and do whatever we have to do to not give advice and just listen to their words, we are stay listening. That's what stay listening is at this age. Yes. And not taking it personally. That mm. is the biggest thing about, you know, when you were stay listening to an older child. And it, I mean, it can be easy, actually. I hate you can come out of our three-year-old's mouth as easily as our 17-year-old's, but there's something different about it that uh, maybe an expectation that they shouldn't be saying that or, you know, we're doing so much for them. So not taking it personally is a big one. And, um, you know, cue listening time. <laughs> So I found that riding in the car and late at night, right before bed, are the two times, I mean, there are other times too, but those seem to be the times that my son is most likely to be able to use my attention or, you know, it seems like in a space where he can use my attention for stay listening. And even when, if it starts out as him blaming me, as I listen, um, it often comes around to what's really bothering him, especially, you know, when I get that you don't get it. And then if I just don't argue and don't try to convince him that I do understand and just listen, often what's really bothering him will bubble up. One of my favorite ways to create the conditions where they might be more able to work on those feelings well i mean it's almost like thawing them out a little like prying the lid off of the space where those feelings are um, is to add in some extra caregiving and tenderness and even do something for them um, that can help to bring their guard down a little bit if you notice they're really struggling with something so um, my oldest you know bringing them a cup of tea and a little tenderness, like I sometimes bring breakfast into their room so they don't have to come out in the morning when things have been hard and just those extra like over the top signals of connection and appreciation and affection um, can it just really boosts the connection and that helps them feel our love and affection, which makes it easier for them to then show feelings later. Yeah, they're going to be more likely to let you know what's really going on with them when we're focused on connection. So here's the one small thing we're gonna suggest for you this week. And that is to look for an opportunity to just listen. We're gonna encourage you to, you know, not let your brain move into solution finding mode or even worry mode. And just use the same kinds of compassionate sounds and encouraging words that you would, you know, just murmuring a little bit like, yeah, I get it or I hear you that you, that you if if this if your child were your listening partner and um, next episode we're going to have a special guest joining us to talk about how our tool of play listening changes as they get older so thanks for tuning in bye-bye thank you so much for tuning in to the hand in hand parent club podcast please like and subscribe to hear more and to connect with us between these episodes, come on over to handinhandparenting.org to join the Parent Club, where you can get coaching, classes, and live support. Come join our vibrant community of parents in the Parent Club who are committed to getting the support they need to be the parents they want to become. We'd be honored to support you too. 
This podcast and the Parent Club are part of Hand in Hand Parenting, a nonprofit organization that supports parents all over the world. We are here for you when parenting gets hard.